All right, welcome to today's Seven Figures Club podcast. Today we have an amazing guest, entrepreneur, CEO, and founder Michael Ely of Nassau Investments has developed uh, Nassau Investments into one of the key development firms in the Cincinnati area. Over 20 years, two decades worth of experience, Mr. Ely has applied his knowledge of property and asset management to negotiate not dozens, but hundreds of successful real estate transactions. His strength is in identifying the right projects, developing a clear vision and putting it together. And we just caught him on the road here. He was just making some bids for some amazing deals out there. Michael, welcome to the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the US and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. What's up, brother? How you been, man? Thanks for having me, man. I, I really appreciate you bringing me on, man, sharing your platform. Michael, we're just excited to, to learn your story and, and certainly from some of your stories. And uh, one of the stories that you are kind of famous for in the real estate investment world is where you took this 48-unit building and yeah. you, you acquire it and it only has eight units that are actually rented out. And so you've got 40, right. 40 of the 48 units that you got to get rented out and do it fast. Tell us what you did and, and how you had such amazing success with this project. And, you know, the funny thing is I, I wasn't trying to keep that building. I was, we were like, man, let's wholesale this thing and make two, 300 grand. Like who wouldn't want that? Uh, yeah. Good money. We could have, yeah. Like, I think, I think we got it all in for like, well, we bought it for like two twenty. And we knew we could flip it for 354 something right away. And we just kind of started really getting into bigger units. And my partner was like, Nate, he was like, man, we can manage this. I was like, you think so? He was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And you did it. And I was like, I guess we can. And so we called one of our investors. We said we needed to put like five a door in it. And, uh, it was actually like four door. My investor gave us the 200,000, 225 to purchase it. And he gave us 200,000 to renovate it. So we went to work. And so the deal was this, I was like, Nate, no, Nate, Nate picked this point. He's like, Nate said, I'm going to be responsible for getting the construction done. You get this building leased up. I said, deal. And so thinking out of box and I kind of did this before I was like, let me see how I can get this rented on one swoop. So I called two agencies that I knew about. And one was started clamoring over like, what? You got a building? I got people. I got a place immediately. And it was like, you're working on it? I was like, yeah, we would finish. You know, we just got started. It was like, look, here's uh, 20 first month's rents and deposits. Here you go. And we worked out a number and that was it, man. I was like, hey, man, I got this thing leased. And as soon as you finish the other 20, they'll rip the other ones. And so I had eight tenants and then the rest were all through this agency, man. And it was it was awesome. We was cash flowing 
in less than six months. Unbelievable. So, so you bought it at a really good price, and then you had to put about two hundred into it to get That's each right. unit uh, up up to par. And so you're, you know, you you've got uh, Nate who's in charge of the construction management, so he he managed that. And then the most important part is, all right, we got to get people in these uh, units. And so, how did you build this strategic relationship with this agency? who had all these tenants that uh, needed a place to live and, and how did you make that work? Well, so unlike most people, I didn't start off in the great neighborhoods. I did what we say, I get in where I fit in, right? <laughs> so I knew certain neighborhoods, but I knew at the time, internet wasn't big. Uh, people were using, uh, uh, what's the, on Craigslist. Yeah. And it was it was what you would call guerrilla marketing, hands on. So literally, I would go to all the neighborhoods and put the little tear off sheets. That's where I got my most leads. I would put them in all the stores, all the bars. Everybody went to in that neighborhood and the phone just started ringing, ringing, ringing. And I got that leased up. But I knew I wasn't going to get anybody with section eight or subsidies over there because if you had a subsidy you were trying to get away from there you know that was more uh subsidized housing where the hat was tied to the building but if you had a voucher you wouldn't you wouldn't stand over there so that's why we uh uh so we that's why we we meant to uh uh to use these multi uh that's why we went to reach out to agency. And I knew they need, they had doing that. And I, you know, elderly, uh, age, you know, homeless shelters. Like I did everything. And you know, but you'll learn how to to analyze or uh, really track the tenant to see if they're worthy of staying over there. Because you know, you could go to one of those behavior programs which I have for a building before. But if you say get you get the a B type or, or a level two person, man, you're in trouble, right? That means they got medical problems, alcohol, drugs, and violent behavior. And so, yeah, they'll pay your rent, but they're going to tear your place up, and they might tear you up. <laughs> 100%. So it's kind of a trick to find the right tenant, but a tenant that's also going to take care of the, of the place because you guys put a lot of money into it to make it beautiful. And then what, what was that's the right. exit strategy? Initially, you were thinking in and out, you know, we're going to flip this thing. But then you went long term and, and you said you were cash flowing in six months after fixing it up, which is remarkable. So in the first year, you were already net positive there. Yeah, we, we were already to the good. I mean, the goal was really to just keep it in cash flow. We were guys that like cash flow. I wasn't really big into flipping. I'm not saying I don't flip. I still flip today, but I don't like to flip as much. What I do like to do is I buy properties based on, hey, I I don't mind if I have to keep it because I can rent it in cash flow. But if I don't want it, I got it low enough, I can wholesale it. If not, I could fix it up and keep it for a while and still sell it and still make a profit, you know? And so that's, you know, it's just always having options, man. Whoever's got the mm -hmm. most options, they win, man. And, and that was the key. 
in, in our real estate business, making sure we have plenty of options. And Beautiful. so uh, we, we really were looking to keep this because, first of all, this was before I started doing what they call the CCIM, Certified Commercial Investment Member. This is where they teach you to analyze multi-million dollar deals or billion dollar deals, whether commercial, retail, office, apartment, portfolio houses. They teach you how to analyze all those things. And it wasn't till then I really understood the value of cash flow and putting the cap rates. Because back then, I was just doing deals like, this makes sense. I can make this much money. I'll take that. It comes to the mortgage. It comes to these. Done. That was it. That was my internal math. So, so Michael, tell me about cap rates on this particular deal. And for our audience that are, you know, maybe not aware, cap rates is kind of the return that you can generate on a on an investment property like this. So, this was a forty-eight unit building that you guys took down, made beautiful, got it fully rented out. It's cash flowing, making a ton of money for six years, and then you ended up selling it. How much did you sell it for? In terms Man, of how much. It. We sold it for 1.6, and, 1. 1. 1. 1. 1. 1. 1. 1. 1.6, 1.65, and, and we you, gave the seller $100,000 credit. So basically, we cleared 1.5. So cleared 1.5, wow. 1.5. So, oh, and when it was all said and done, that was the gross sale, and we netted a clear million bucks. That was my first deal. I netted a straight million bucks. Dang. And I was like, ooh, seven, seven figures on one deal. That's that's outstanding work. And but not only that, like you guys were cash flowing, you had tax benefits. So what was your first investment? Did you start out with single families? How did you get into multi-unit? Yeah, so it was progression. Uh, I started off with single family house. My my first house was a two-family. It was a house hack, but they didn't call it back then. Back then, they just yeah. called it getting a roommate, man. So uh, I knew that I wanted to get a multi-unit. And really, the goal, my goal was never really to get here. I had no idea. I, I was thinking I was going to do concerts and parties all my life. I was going to uh, party okay. all over and be this rock star and... And and have uh, and have kids na and name them seven and star and heaven, you know, and everything. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, but I got a two family, and I rented it out, and I got my sister to live there. I didn't even know how to paint, like I didn't know how to paint. I didn't know how to do carpet, and I got this somebody to paint it. I got it carpeted, and then I rented it upstairs, and then I got me a roommate. So I was bringing in seven hundred dollars a month. My my mortgage was seven hundred dollars a month, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm living rent free. This is the bomb! Like it doesn't get any better than this." And then I was like, "Well, if it's that's easy, let's do it again." And so then I bought me two four families that were side by side, and that was easy. And I was like, "Let's do it again." And but I did it a couple of times, but. One thing I didn't do right, I did that old Carlton Sheets back in the day, which I appreciate Carlton Sheets. He was the man, but he was the king of over-leveraging. If you don't know about over-leveraging. Oh, well, I know all about him, man. It's not where you want to be. <laughs> so, yeah. So what what was the goal in terms of cap rates with some of these property? What was kind of the percentage? Oh, yeah, that what, what what can I make? Yeah, yeah so, so when we first bought it, we knew we would look at nothing unless we could buy, you know, 
at least at a 13 cap. Unbelievable. And I know some people are like that's crazy. And, and to let people know what that means, if you if so if you bought at a 13 cap, what that means is you can buy it, and if you paid all cash, that means for all cash you should make 13 percent on your money. So, and and so where we were at, stuff was selling for at least a 10 or 12 cap. But I bought that. I don't even know what cap rate. I don't even know if a cap rate even applied. And so uh, we we bought that, and over the period of time, the cap rates began to drop. It was a ten cap. Things were selling at ten caps then. Then it starts getting to nine cap, and when it started to get to nine cap, we was like, "Man, we got to sell. Like, there's no way it's going to get any lower than this." Then it dropped to eight cap. No, it dropped to eight and a half. It's like we got to go. Then it was eight. Then it got to seven and a half. I think we sold a seven and a half cap. Yeah, somewhere around there. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. And for something that me and my partners really originally thought was only worth what? 700, 800,000. Once we learned values and cash flow and cap rates, we figured out what our worth was. Man. And that's kind of, that's so symbolic of life, man. You know, sometimes you don't know what you have, man, until somebody tells you. you you're spending all your money trying to buy all these things, but everything you bought already came with your ticket. Amen. So, so Michael, how did you achieve all of this? Did you have mentors along the way? Was it, you know, starting with the Carlton Sheets course? What was the progression to where you were able to learn all this? Or was it kind of just step by step? You kind of learned by experience. How, what, what was that process all, like? All of the above. Now, I really didn't have a per se mentor, but what really did it for me uh, back in high school, I read Robert Allen, No Money Down in the 80s or the 90s. Oh, yeah, man. I remember those. Oh, I bought all that of them. Was, that, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? And then I'll never forget this guy was traveling in different cities with $100 to his name and putting co- properties under contract left and right and doing No Money Down deals. And I was like, that's what I'm doing. And then I, I watched Carlton Sheets. But then as I began to grow, I uh, I just, from a distance, watch other people. I watched this one low-income tax group uh, in Cincinnati, which is one of the largest. At the time, they probably had 3,500 low-income tax properties. And I actually ended up becoming a broker with them. And from there, I learned a lot just watching how they managed, what, what their inefficiencies were. And but how I could put my personal touch to it because I'm mom and pop. I wasn't this kind of corporate group that's growing and puts all these bottlenecks in there. So, you know, it stops you from doing simple things and, you know, just taking it one deal at a time. And then I surrounded myself by people who were doing what I love, Uh, like, uh, Moeller McGraw, they call K and K. They local in Cincinnati. I started hanging with these guys. I mean, they were flipping houses. They were flipping twenty houses a month at like at minimum seven grand a pop. 
you know, I mean, I mean, they were literally making a minimum of hundred grand a month. And I was like, and so they were my plugs, man. I, I was getting all my deals from them. Good stuff. And, and now I understand, uh, Michael, that you not only obviously are a, a huge real estate investor and everything from multifamily to apartments, hotels, etc., but uh, now you also kind of uh, teach real estate investors. How, how do you go about uh, teaching them and, and what does that process look like? Oh, man, teaching is something. That's just secondhand nature. I mean, that, quite frankly, that, I think that's really what I do best. Teaching is in my blood. My, my mom, my, my brother, my sisters, my uncles, are all teachers. And then my, my uncles, even my dad, my grandpa's, they were all ministers. So I, I, that's all I knew. But I was like, I can't make a living off of $24,000 a year. So therefore, the entrepreneurship. And uh, But now we have a great class, the mastermind group, where well, it's different levels. You know, you can get our book, From Broke to Millions. You go to FromBrokeToMillions.com, where I share my story on how I went from literally broke they called me four flats. Like every morning I wake up and go to my car and literally I have four flat tires. And I had to finagle to get into a gas station every morning uh, to, to pump the air in the tires. And some of you are like, well, why don't you just buy some tires? Didn't you hear I was broke? Tires are expensive. I didn't have, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have no money. Uh, and uh yeah, so we've got Broke to Millions, and then uh, also I have a, a master class, which we call Big Deal Hacking. I share uh, kind of modules online, uh, and we have a Facebook coaching group where you can learn the basics of, of apartment investing secrets, how to invest, how to raise capital, how to analyze there, how to analyze apartments, how to analyze hotels, uh, how to communicate with an investor, uh, what, you know, how to find the good in the deal. And then you're like, man, this is great, but I want to learn more. I really want to move forward. Then you join our master class where we kind of take you hands on and, and get you going to our deal. And man, it's just been a lot of success for my students. I mean, these people were afraid to ask money and who wouldn't man? Like who, I mean, it's just not natural to walk up to somebody like, Hey, give me a million bucks, you know? We teach you how to raise capital. I, I had multiple people now that thought 20000 was a lot of money. And on their first call, they raised 200000 I had some that raised even $6 million on just posting on LinkedIn. So a lot of great things. We teach you the details. It's just a matter up to you to put the work in. You put the work in, it'll get done. Now, hey, it may not happen your first year, it may not your second year, but it'll get done. Unbelievable. And and so a, a big part of that, like you said, is is raising money and uh, gaining the confidence of investors. And it seems like that's something that you guys have been really good at. What has been the key to generating uh, investment capital from investors so you guys can take down these big projects? Because from what I understand, you guys are taking down some massive projects in the hospitality hotel arena. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, we, we've taken down about three or four hotels in the last year and a half, two years, and the goal to buy many, much, much more. Uh, we've partnered with a few hedge funds. Uh, 
and so we got plenty of capital to go put these deals together. So we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, the trick, uh, the, the goal is one, you know, making sure you have the experience and track record. And if you don't leverage, leverage other people's experience, just like you leverage money, leverage other people's experience. So partner, you know, I really wanted to do hotel, but I could not kick that door in. As soon as I got me the right operator has been doing hotels for a year, uh, years, over 30 years, uh, I had, and then they, I partnered with somebody that had a, a large net worth, a signed debt for me that, that, that was, I met through my, uh, partners through the hotel group. I was off to the races, man. And I just leveraged that. And so when you're raising capital, when they see you have a great team, they see that you can perform. Next thing you know is make sure your guy, your goals are in a line. That's the key. Because I just don't take anybody money and nor should you. Because you're not going to be able to, uh, uh, you know, produce for their expectations. And if you don't have the same goals, you're going to be out of line. And the bottom line, you'll be out of line, you know. <laughs> so you got to make sure your goals are in line together. And with that, you can have harmony there. Because when somebody's giving you money, you, you're going to be with them for it could be a year, it could be three years, it could be five years. And you just created this, not just relationship, but a marriage. And, you know, in deals, things go wrong. You don't always get a distribution check every month. And people got to trust that, hey, you're putting it together and that you'll produce it and make even more money for them. So if your guys are in line, your expected returns, I think that creates the great, uh, perfect relationship with investors and uh, developers, real estate investors can create uh, some amazing projects and create a long lasting relationships. Wow, you guys, Michael just dropped a bunch of value bombs. Let's unpack those real quick. First, he said, (laughs) you got to have a track record. If you can have a track record, then people can trust that and they'll invest in you. If you don't have the track record, then go partner up with somebody who does and bring people together, bring the deal and the investor together. And then once you have those things, money will come, but make sure you it's the right money. Because not all money's good money. Make sure that you're aligned, your goals, the vision, that everyone's going to work together. And, and as Michael just very clearly pointed out in life, you're going to find bumps in the road. You're going to find problems and obstacles. And so there's got to be a commitment that you're working together with your team and your investors to make those things happen. Unbelievable. So, Michael, how can the audience connect with you and get involved and go through your program so that they can learn to invest and, uh, you know, create a journey like you have. Oh, man, it's easy. Just go to the Nassau Invest, N-A-S-S-A-U, Invest, I-N-V-E-S-T-S dot com. And look, if you want to be an investor, you click uh, uh, Let's Talk. And you just fill out these documents, you know, fill out a document or send us an email and we'll set you up for a call. If you want to learn more about investing and, you know, being taking classes or just a one-on-one consultant through nasainvest.com backslash strategy, we'll set up a free 30 minute call and talk about your goals and where you're trying to go and 
what's your expectation? And man, hell, we, it, look, if you take our class, great. If you become an investor, great. But most of all, we're here for you. We talk to people that never did anything with us and we saved them from doing bad deals. Mm. I was like, look, man, hey, that's that's, that's I'm, OK. Look, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's dumb. Don't ever do that deal. You know, save the money, bro. Or give it to me. I'll just buy me a brand new car, okay? <laughs> Seriously, some of the best investments you make are the ones you don't make, you guys. And there so you learn, go, man. Learning how to know what's a good deal and what's not, so valuable. And that's why you've got to have a mentor. You've got to have people who've already been down that path and learn from them because it's so much, so much less expensive than learning through the school of hard knocks. And as you go through the website here, again, it's N-A-S-S-A-U-I-N-V-E-S-T-S.com, NassauInvest.com. And you can literally actually talk, you know, with Michael and his team and find deals and go through his program, his mastermind, you know, just unbelievable projects. And he's got actual case studies on his website that you can learn from. And the interesting thing that I'm, I'm actually uh, surprised by, Michaels, we all know in the last year that hotels and hospitality have kind of taken a hit, but it looks like you're, you're very, when everyone else is running away, that there's <laughs> opportunities there. That's right. And uh, there's something uh, that you're seeing. What are some of those opportunities you're seeing in that space right now? Man, it, it's been great. So I, I, uh, I kind of experienced this before in the Great Recession. So in the Great Recession, the mortgage crisis, 2008-2009, I kind of, well, before that, I lost everything. And so I, I learned how to do short sales. I learned how to do mortgage notes. And so through that process, I learned through great, uh, through great depressions, great issues, there's a lot of opportunities. So when the Great Recession came, I was like, we're about to kill it, man. Like you, we, you stuff that normally sells for ninety or hundred thousand was selling for twenty thousand. So we start buying mortgage notes. We start buying bulk properties, and that's when I became stabilized. And so when COVID hit, I knew it'd be the same thing. I knew the the hotel market would fall. I didn't think it was going to fall as bad as it did, but I knew it would fall. I, I, we really thought hotels, apartments, and single families would sink. I think a lot of people did. But our government and banks were a lot smarter. They didn't panic. They didn't start selling off notes. They actually called and start working it out with people and readjusting their loans. And, and so because of that, that was helpful. But as again, I said, I knew the hotels were going to take a hit, which they did. And but now, as I projected, by March, these hotels are back up and running. Their weekends are there. Now, the, the hotels that deal with a lot of business travel, they're still struggling to put heads in beds from like Monday to Wednesday, but their Thursdays are picking up. But their Fridays and Saturday, they're back to that 70, 80% occupancy. Uh, the ADR, for those who don't know that, that's the average daily rate, your daily rate that you're charging. Uh, or to some in apartments, it's like your monthly rate, but broken down to daily. And because of that, uh, you know, the rates are low. So there's still some options, but the hotels have been kind of holding tight to their numbers. But as again, I told you, I started buying mortgage notes. So we hooked up with some hedge funds and now they're willing to buy notes. And what's the funny thing is I tried 
I knew hedge funds wanted to write a, min, a minimum of a $5 million check. And so when I told them, look, I just want to cherry pick where we come in, we assume the debt, or we bring these notes currents like a, 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 a option two or loan two, assumption two. And it was like, yeah, that's great, but I'd rather write a $20 million, $30 million check. And I was like, well, I can, but I need to put five properties together and you can write that $20 million. Yeah, I mean, I like the concept and this is great, but I really want to write a 20 minute. So then I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. So then when I said, hey, let's buy the whole note in cash, now that we're more excited, I like, this is crazy. So two things here, quit thinking small because somebody's always wants to do something bigger. Wow, un so, unbelievable. So yeah, think big, you guys. And then once you start getting that track record, now all of a sudden you'll find people coming your way that yeah, five million is kind of small, Michael. I, I'd appreciate twenty to twenty-five million, and now you can start taking down some of those bigger projects, you guys. So unbelievable value uh, from Michael today of NASA Investments. Again, that's N A S S A U Invests I N V E S T S dot com. Go through the case studies. Learn about multifamily. There's going to be there's massive opportunity right now with hotels, and I, obviously they're starting to really heat up. So there's a lot of opportunity. But get the knowledge and work with someone like Michael so that you can succeed and avoid going through those painful mistakes. Michael, awesome stuff today. Uh, anywhere else that our audience should connect with you other than that website? They catch me there, but look, man, you always catch me on LinkedIn, Mike Ely. Uh, type in Cincinnati, and then I'm on Instagram. Uh, what's that? Na Michael, Mike Ely, Nassau. So, hey, man, just type Mike Ely, Nassau. You know, we're everywhere, baby. Perfect. Mike Ely, Instagram, LinkedIn, you guys connect up uh, with Michael and his team, and that's how you succeed. And there's so many opportunities right now within real estate but you've got to do it in a niche. And that's what Michael's done. He's dominated that multifamily and hotel niche. And so if you want in, you got to go check out his website. Michael, thank you so much for being a guest. So much for having me, man. Pleasure being on here. And, uh, you know, our goal is, man, to teach, you know, to educate them so they can also uh, piece of these opportunities that they felt that wasn't there for them. But you want to learn multi-units or hotel? We're here for you guys. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.